so stupid, he comes across in front of me every single time he ever takes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the breaking zone! Welcome! To the internet's only motorsports podcast, welcome back to Motorsport 101. Rest in peace, shut down forecast. Hey everybody, I'm Andre Harrison, your friendly neighbourhood host, and welcome to episode 240 of the Motorsport 101 podcast. And, uh, whew, you can tell we're already running out of content for this, for this painfully long off-season. <laughs> that we're now tapping into the realm of video games. <laughs> As promised. To be fair, this was RJ's idea. It was a good idea. We're going to roll with it. <laughs> and we're going to see what happens. We've also got a whole heap of news to get through as well. Um, including a probable dead touring car series. Um, an indie car race with a certain memeaholic F1 driver. Um, motorsport already trying to wangle their way back into public prominence. Um, and some good wholesome news of Charles Leclerc as a banana. No, seriously, this happened. Oh, we're, we're a- not going to mention how I, yes, friendly neighborhood Ryan Eric King, defeated one James Hinchcliffe in iRacing. <laughs> Wasn't there also um, another notable driver that you finished ahead of in another session? Yes, I did beat Lando. So, IndyCar, where's my race seat? Where's my racing? I'd just like to say, if you would like a job on the podcast at Motorsport 101, please send your emails to gray at motorsport101.com because King will soon be leaving the building via window. Um, (laughs) It's okay. King is just thanking his lucky stars that I don't have a PC. (laughs) Yes, because uh, Cam owns the monopoly of of, of Gran Turismo sport beatings on this Discord server. Um, unfortunately, that's a bit like in the wrestling world being a monopoly of Impact Wrestling. Hello, Cam. How are you? I don't know how to respond to that, so I'm just going to move <laughs> on. <laughs> I don't one follow wrestling. <laughs> one all Buckley. Um, <laughs> hello, RJ. How you doing, sir? So, basically, to describe what Impact Wrestling was, it was one of those companies that popped up after WCW and ECW folded. Um, uh, at one point it was owned by a very rich woman whose family owned an energy drinks company. Uh, they brought in Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair well past their prime. Uh, they brought in notorious Booker Vince Russo well past his prime. Um, and nowadays they are seen by 10 people a week and tend to pick up everybody that used to work in WWE with moderate to severe baggage upon them. This, of course, uh, being a motorsport podcast, we're just a bunch of mostly straight-ish dudes talking about professional wrestling and video games. It works. Again, it was a terrible idea that we mostly regret that's gotten way out of hand, just like other things which we'll get to in a minute. Also, but, King, but if you ever steal my... King, if you ever steal my intro again, I will kill you. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm just saying, we should pull the Patreon money together and put out a bid to buy World Wrestling Entertainment. I heard it's available. So, King, how much is in the M101 piggy bank? I have no idea. You have access to that. Oh, good news. It's £36.24. It should, should be more than enough. Do you think we could buy it for less than a new Thrustmaster T300 RS? 
<laughs> do, 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 they take, do they take Thrustmaster Wheels as currency now? People out here selling the middle of the road Thrustmaster Wheel for $2,400. Look, y'all see what's going to be on the stock market? They're going to be trading all the great currencies like steering wheels, uh, McDonald's Szechuan sauces, uh, disposable yep. gloves and face masks, uh, toilet paper rolls. Bitcoin. Dogecoin. <laughs> Dogecoin. Wow, that's a throwback. Oh, Lysol. <laughs> Properly mixed Doom music. Uh, Fuck you, Bethesda. Uh, so, so, Trey, it, what are we actually going to be talking about on the show today? <laughs> well, we've got a whole heap of news. And um, again, as mentioned, we have Charles Leclerc's new outfit. We have some wholesome news from the land of... Uh, from from Juan Manuel Correa and NASCAR because uh, Carl Lawson's got a replacement and it wasn't the man you were expecting. Um, more postponements and cancellations, sad face. But the, uh, I guess, optimistic news that uh, F1 and NASCAR want to come back in July, as do MotoGP, I guess. Um, a certain someone now has a new premium account on in the motorsport land, and it's not who you're hoping it's going to be. God damn it. Um, <laughs> king. Um, <clears throat> Dre, get out of my fucking head. <laughs> um, we had another IndyCar um, eSports challenge. We're going to call it the only eSports challenge that's worth watching. Uh, unfortunately, uh, a certain F1 invasion happened, and it kind of killed our vibe. Um, and that'll be our show. So... We'll just get the bit of the housekeeping out of the way real quick. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And if you to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckley917, and at RJ O'Connell. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access. Access to all of our shows before they go out. Ten dollars gets in the supporters club of our Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they go out. But Shout out to that's Tanky, to Vic. not the only thing. Sorry, but that's not the only thing that five dollars a month gets you. Now, is it, Dre? Oh, I wasn't going to plug it here, but you, you, well, why you, not? You why my not? Arm. Because I felt guilty about the amount of plugs we had on the last episode. So, uh, yeah, you know. Um, I just wanted to make absolutely sure on this one, but yes, the kick is complete. Um, it is complete, and it is live in in all its well, most of its glory on Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport One Hundred and One. If you are a five dollar backer or higher, you can access a PDF of the book in its entirety right now. Um, it's uh, it, the, the the lovely Haley Mulcahy is doing the front cover. She also did the front cover for the Autobiomelli, Josh Josh Wilcox's fantastic book on Bruno Giacomelli, which is also available in all good Amazon retailers. Um, if you haven't checked it out already, I've got my hard copy in front of me right now. It's a fantastic, well researched piece of work. It really is. Let me see. Um, I, I I haven't been able to read it yet, but I didn't see the cover. And my my comment in reply to Haley about the cover was, "Oh my God, uh, Rossi's face that that guilty smile on his face." <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it is it is beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, the, that front cover is in the works. Once it is in the works, 
Um, what I'm going to do is is that we I will put the full PDF with the cover on Gumroad. So if people want to buy a copy that aren't a Patreon backer for us, they can. Um, that will be just a, a basically a, a digital copy. Um, it will be pay what you like, basically. Um, if you want it, if you really want to read it, you can for free. I do not mind. But any money that is donated will be going straight to the NHS and their related charities here in the UK. I'm not financially motivated by this at all. This is purely um, for the greater good, and I just thought I just thought I'd get to tell a fun story more than anything else for those guys that uh, are, you know that are fans of my particular style of writing, which is mostly ham-hocking a bunch of pop culture references while trying to be mildly funny while talking about motorsport topics, you'll probably enjoy this. It's not... The kick in general, not even to be spoken about it massively in length on the show, but uh, it, it is basically the story of the 2015 season, if you haven't um, heard from that already. It's arguably the greatest MotoGP season of all time. Um, the... Tremendous title fight between Valentino Rossi and Jorge Lorenzo. Mar Marquez goes from reigning champion to complete flying the ointment with a vicious and unpredictable Honda. Um, and of course, the kick. Um, the infamous Sepang 2015 crash and all the <clears throat> aftermath. But not only that, I also wanted to get in depth into how the sport got to that point. The rises of the alien era in general, from Valentino Rossi to Mark Marquez, Danny Pedrosa, Jorge Lorenzo. There's even a sub-chapter on Casey Stoner in there as well, because we all know he was a fun enigma in, in his brief time in the top flight as well. And and if you really wanted to know all of my thoughts regarding that incident, um, the, whole last chapter, the whole last chapter is dedicated to all of that as well. So... It's everything you ever wanted to know. It's 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 a short, fun read. It it's it's it ended up being about thirty thousand words all um all all told. Um, it, like I said, that'll be on Gumroad very very soon. If you want the PDF or and you're a Patreon backer at five dollars or more, it's up there right now. Um, once the cover is done, it will also be on Amazon in case anybody wants a paper copy as well. I'll probably throw in some sort of donation incentive if anyone shows me a receipt um, of, a, of a hard copy. I'll probably throw a. Uh, a bit more in the pot as well, because why not? Let's let's let's, let's raise some money um, for the NHS, and and you know let's get some more help out there to those that actually need it in this difficult time. The kick is live on Patreon early access. I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and yeah, it's most it's the second most ambitious project I've ever undertaken besides this one. <laughs> Both were also terribly bad ideas, and yet here we are. <laughs> so so I, I guess it fits. <laughs> but, uh, thanks everyone in the Discord that's listening in as well, and after the script music interview, we'll be back to talk about the news! insisted this story be top of the paper that uh, on Twitch Charles Leclerc dressed up as a banana now I don't follow Charles on Twitch so was there any context behind him getting a banana costume out and racing in it so he he likes the banana skin on Fortnite someone sent him the costume he put it on on stream and immediately F1 YouTube embraced it had a, fe had a field day <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
All I saw of Godliness was one picture of him in a costume, and then somebody quite lewdly put a picture of Sebastian Vettel eating a banana during a press conference, and I immediately had very dark thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, their teammate relationship really is going downhill. Jimmy Rockett and got jealous. <laughs> 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 Wasn't it? Didn't Mercedes like post a photo of Nico eating a banana in response as well? Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was it was far too big an open goal, wasn't it? <laughs> Charles Leclerc wore a banana suit. Um, has now dominated most of the virtual Grand Prix since showing up. <laughs> um, and it's basically the best thing that's going on in F1 social media at this time. I think it's just another step in the whole of F1 collectively losing its mind as we lack racing. But I've got some even better news for you. Juan Manuel Correa, injured in the wreck that sadly took the life of Antoine Hubert at Spa-Francorchamps. He's been recovering slowly. He's been doing the e-racing as well, and now he is walking unassisted, which is really, really awesome. What a guy. Uh, This was on his Instagram page a couple days ago. I saw it. I immediately got very, very emotional because that was awesome. I mean, man's very, very lucky to still be with us. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, he he still got that big leg frame on there, obviously to help his leg reconstruct itself. But uh, wonderful to see him still walking around um, unaided. Um, and again, we only wish him again the speediest of progress towards hopefully a full recovery. Um, yeah, fantastic to see. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, ha- thumbs up all around to uh, all, all the motorsport community on that one. Another good piece of news at NASCAR regarding another horrific accident we had there earlier this year. Ryan Newman has been cleared to, to race after his horror crash at, um, for NASCAR earlier on in the season. Yeah. The man's only going to miss three races. <laughs> That's and the thing. Good. Because, crazy, of, because of coronavirus shutting down NASCAR for several months, he's only going to miss three races in the long run. Amazing. <laughs> best of a bad situation? I guess, you yeah, know. Best of a bad situation. That wasn't the biggest news story that came out of NASCAR this week. But. I think it was the biggest news story, but this one's also big. Because you may know that Ross Chastain, the watermelon man himself, was filling in for Ryan Newman. Now Newman's cleared to race, but uh, there, was a vac- there was a vacant seat. Yeah. <laughs> there was, was a vacant uh, seat for um, vocabulary that shall not be repeated. So, so <laughs> Ross Chastain, for context, is Chip Ganassi Racing's Xfinity driver. And it seemed like he was set up to be in this position where it's like, hey, I'm in the B series. The A series seat is now empty. This is my big time to get up to the big show permanently. But. By God, the cheese heads are coming! <laughs> Is that the 2003 champion of the world? <laughs> By God, it is. Matt Kenseth, back in the league. 48-year-old Matt Kenseth, back in the league. I, I just had sudden flashbacks to one of those, like, Super Smash Brothers character introductions, like, Matt Kenseth, back in the league. <laughs> and you see his name splash up on the screen. It's like, oh my God, Matt Kenseth. It's like Mega Man's revealed all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt Kenseth, who's been in and out of Cup since uh, since losing his ride at Gibbs. I, I want to say the end of 2017? Yeah, 2017 yeah. or 16. 
Yeah, like when he probably still had a couple of decent to goodish seasons left in the tank. That's the thing. Like NASCAR guys are retiring early, much like Carl Edwards, who was approached about you. the ride and said, "Nope, <laughs> no, I'm good." The more I think about it, the less I'm surprised because it, while it would have made sense for Chastain to go into the 42, mm-hmm. one, he still has sponsor commitments in Xfinity. Yeah, that and two. Title. He wasn't, he was fast when he filled in for Ryan Newman in Cup, but he wasn't all that clean. He, he was a little mistake prone, which... He was a I little mean, mistake prone, which is understandable. It's his first races in Cup. They are very different now with the different rules packages that seem to be changing every 10 races. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good move. I think Kenseth is, above all else, a, a reliable pick. He's a very consistent driver. He's going to get you the points, if not the wins. But it gives Chastain more time to develop in Xfinity, and who knows, maybe next year or the year after that, he might plug Chastain into that car. That That's that's what I worry mm. about, because how long is Kansas going to be in that seat? Because it, while, while on one hand it does, you know, hey, it gives Ross Chastain time to develop, on the other hand, it gives... Uh, a certain driver who's recently fired time to repair their reputation. I don't think he's coming anywhere near a Ganassi seat ever again. I don't know about that. Not because, oh, not sure necessarily, either. not necessarily on the Ganassi side, on the sponsor side. But the thing is, though, there are teams that aren't contracted to Chevrolet. Like I've read somewhere that Stuart Haas Racing might want him. Which I'd believe that more because I I think more than anything, Chevrolet will tell Ganassi no, and they would have the power in that situation. I'm just glad that Ryan Newman and Wama Welkere are better, and hey, maybe this might spark a Matt Kenseth uh, late career revival, kind of like when Mark Martin uh, came back to racing full-time and damn near won the title at 50 years old. Crazy. Yeah, and of course, with the whole uh, playoff system in NASCAR... Yeah, he's going to have um, a chance. Newman and, and Kenseth, Kenseth have both been given uh, waivers. Usually they give waivers to drivers who have been injured because it's not meant to keep them out of the playoffs. Yeah. It's meant to keep out people who only start, you know, one or two races per year. And it makes sense for Kenseth because who could have foreseen Kyle Larson dropping an end bomb <laughs> on stream? Never. Who, who could have thunk it? Look, we'd rather talk about this other than cancellations and postponements, because if we did that, we'd probably get sick and tired of talking about cancellations and postponements. Let's like talk we... about some cancellations and postponements. Yes, yes. Because Damn it. Let, let's, I, I have to say this, it is important that people know that events are being canceled or postponed, because a lot of people already had, you know, bought tickets, placed accommodations to go to these events, and if they're canceled... They're now able to get refunds for those events now. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, we're doing everybody a slightly late public service. But, uh, yeah, here's, here's the latest. So, for, on Formula One side, uh, sadly, the French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard has been cancelled. It will not be postponed. Oh, not the granddaddy of the mall. <laughs> yeah, afraid. So, there will be no French Grand Prix this year, no matter what. It is not a postponement, it is a cancellation. This goes hand in hand with France basically declaring no sporting large gatherings. Uh, over 5,000 until September the 1st, yes, basically. That includes Ligue 1 being 
voided for this season. Yeah. League, League yeah. One and your Eredivisie too. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, the, the, both of France's top two divisions and both of um, the Netherlands' top two divisions, um, the Eredivisie and Ligue 1 and 2 um, in France have also been cancelled. They will not be restarted. France are going to have a meeting next week to determine whether they give PSG a league title or not. Okay. Again. Um, we gotta let them so, uh, do the 90s Bulls, right? <laughs> well, you know. Liverpool, apparently... Liverpool supporters listening to this podcast just out here sweating. <laughs> Very much sweating because uh, yeah, like the general rule of thumb, the pattern we're seeing here is that it looks like most major European countries, at least in Western Europe, are basically saying no sports till September. Yep. And uh, if you wait for is giving them an August second deadline to finish their leagues, um, there's no way in hell that uh, basically that uh, you know they're going to be able to restart their leagues and finish them before UEFA's deadline. So essentially, the uh, the only option here is a cancellation and then determining via some form of sporting merit who wins their respective leagues so uh yeah keep your keep your eyes tuned on that in the meantime but uh yeah we shall uh we shall see how we go on that one but yeah the french grand prix has been cancelled there will be no french grand prix this year in formula one side of things yeah british grand prix has had an update as well they the british grand prix as it stands is gonna go ahead in the middle of july as planned but it will be not with fans it will be behind closed doors at best good luck trying to have it even behind closed doors yeah that's really um optimistic yeah optimistic i think would be the best word um yeah and they've already put out a statement saying that that uh, if you have a ticket, you can either get a full refund or book for Put it forward the to next year. Yeah, the 2021 British Grand Prix. Nice gesture. They're also giving like, thousands of tickets away to key Wasn't workers this race and NHS like staff. Losing well. money? Yeah, it was fans. already losing like four or five million a year with 140,000 on race day. Good luck with this one, fellas. Yeah, but like Jesus. it should be noted like the reason why they lose money is because they're not government subsidized and they still have to pay nope. Formula One the full sanctioning fee. Don't know, because like I've, I have a feeling a lot of things are happening behind the scenes on like ra- on whether the races ha- will have to pay a sanctioning fee this year if there are races. I've not seen anything to suggest they won't be. Uh, well, in other tangential news, Liberty Media, you know, liquidized enough assets within Formula One that they have enough cash on hand which to to pay out the exact amount of prize money that they would have had this year. Oh. Oh. Which helps a few teams that we've already discussed on this podcast quite a bit. The Haases, the Williams, etc. Well, Haas isn't a money problem. It's a Gene giving a shit problem. Yeah. So it's like the the 1.8 billion on hand, they have enough to, to pay out the prize money as if the season happened, regardless if the season happens or not. They liquidize the funds, then put them into a freezer, and now they're solidified again. <laughs> I love that Liberty Media is such an enormous entity. They could just literally just free up the better part of two billion pounds in price. Oh, you don't know they how big w- They could buy a majority share in WWE. I mean, they probably give them more than the Saudi government has in actuality. It's Lewis <laughs> Hamilton from the top line. 
uh, uh, somehow I think our thirty-six pound forty-eight bid might be rejected. No, <laughs> just it's it should no, be uh, no. No, we got to do. Um, I'll sell my T three hundred. King, you sell <laughs> your wheel. Yep. Uh, RJ, you sell your wheel. And we'll be we'll able to buy it. Yeah. We'll have about 25,000 pounds by this time next week. So, I, I should note that it's somewhat related, but I have a feeling it's not related at all. Uh, so, Liberty Media's largest venture is Live Nation, their, their you know, events promotion business. Uh, mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia recently purchased uh, 500 million worth of stock from Live Nation. Oh! Well, and apparently they want to buy Newcastle United. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 know, you know it's bad when Newcastle fans are out here caping for the Saudi Arabian <laughs> government because they hate Mike Ashley that much. Oh wow. Okay, like, King, King, on the spot. You're taking James Dolan or the Saudi government to run the Knicks. <laughs> oh man, I think James Nolan. I think James Nolan. It's hard. Oh, it's hard. I'm taking James Nolan. <laughs> the fact he even had to think about it kind of says a lot about the situation. <laughs> but here we are. Hey, at but, least uh, the Knicks are still the richest team in the league. I'm not. I'm not turning. And that look, no, 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 no. Look what good that's done them. Hey. You, like, there's no improvement on bringing in the Saudis. It's like, oh, more money? Oh, what's that useful? Is the management going to be better? You can't guarantee that? Sorry, I'll stick with the devil I know. King, King. <laughs> you know, the problem is, the fact your franchise is so rich is exactly the reason why James Dolan won't sell. Yep, 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 yep. So you know, if anything, if, if any, if anything, you want to start losing money. So you know, that's impossible. Don't, don't. We're the, the largest city in this country that loves basketball. And how long have you been suffering? Stephen A. Smith was five. <laughs> Marky Mar- free agents include Carmelo Anthony and COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my lord! Jason in the Discord just put a message of welcome to another episode of Roasting King. Yeah, let, let's move on. New York they, Liberty are my new team on. now. No, yeah, they, they tried right. to they tried to draft Zion, and instead they got they drafted COVID. <laughs> they drafted Lovely. COVID. Speaking of cancellations, um, MotoGP, and this is a this is a real humdinger, unfortunately. The German Grand Prix at the Saxon Ring, the Dutch Grand Prix at Assen, and the brand new Finnish Grand Prix at the Kaimi Ring wow. have all been cancelled as of today. Titi Assen is gone! Yep. The, for, the, for the first time in the history of bike racing, the, the Grand Prix motorcycle racing, there will be no Assen race in a season. All the TTs are gone. Isla Man, Assen, there from yeah. the start, now it's gone. Yeah, there will be no Assen for the first time ever in GP Motorcycle. I don't know, ever seems a bit. I'm pretty sure there was, like, a world war. Excluding well, world wars, of course. I yeah, say, world wars G- are kind of a big deal. Let's just say GP Motorcycle Racing as we know it, basically. But, uh, yeah, there will the, all three of those races have been cancelled. Again, they will not be... Uh, they will not be postponed. They will not be rearranged. They will be off the calendar till next year, which is yeah, very sad. Um, 
you know, that's that's a bummer. Um, again, they're all rearranging refunds and whatnot, um, which means in MotoGP sense, every race in the first half of the calendar before the summer break has now been either postponed or cancelled. We are down to 16 races this season now after Qatar's cancellation earlier on in the year. So we're down to 16, and everything else has been rearranged. Carmelo Esperolta has been talking about it recently. He's opened up the uh, possibility um, of maybe doing double headers at certain tracks. Um, I know the like the Red Bull Ring has been very keen on this. Uh, maybe not within the same weekend, but certainly doing the equivalent of two race weekends at the same venue, possibly to cut down on travel time um, or you know legislation and whatnot. So yeah, for example, you could see. Maybe one weekend we go to the Red Bull Ring and then maybe they stay in the country and then they'll do another race at that place the following week, for yeah. example. And it also seems like there most likely won't be any flyaways. Mm. Yeah, the, the flyaways could be in serious trouble. They're a logistical nightmare because, again, every country is going to have different you know, travel restriction laws, different you know, quarantine procedures, who's going to mandate... You know, fifteen hundred plus people flying in to a uh, to, to you know to a venue or to a major airport, and are going to be in the area for several days at a time. So, to like, that point, why is Formula One trying to put flyaways into its restructured calendar, which they plan to start in July or August and end in December at various sectors of the world? Revenue, be- revenue. That's revenue. the only reason. Um, in oh, the words of Lewis Hamilton. Cash is king. Cash is king, baby. Cash is king. There we go. Yeah, so MotoGP has been cautiously optimistic, but I've I've acknowledged that basically the earliest we're most likely going to go racing is Bruno after their summer break, basically. Everything everything else is kind of going to be ham-hocked in and see what they're going to do. Formula One announced a couple of days ago they're planning to race the first weekend of July in Austria. Yep, July, uh, I want to say July 5th. And yeah, Austrian Grand Prix, because Red Bull has kind of been screaming from the rooftops, hey, we want to run our Grand Prix regardless. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll host our Grand Prix. And that Austria's been, been one of the this. countries where uh, they've been able to flatten the curve early. But like, again, having literally at least a thousand people just enter your country, there are big doubts that... It, it's negligence if they did that. Folks, you know, I wish I had that many people entering. Well, never mind. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Moving like, on. Here's, here's, my, okay, here's my logic of looking at this, right? Because, they, because the F1 put a targeted 2020 calendar up a couple of days ago. It says here they're planning to start in Austria on July 5th, mostly because Red Bull has been screaming at every motorsport series they host. Come to us, we'll race. They tried to have the Corona camp for crying out loud. <laughs> Exactly. Um, we will now only they're... accept the Red Bull Ring being renamed to the Corona Ring. So yeah, basically they're, that's they're trying to start a bunch of European rounds between July and September. Then they're then going to try to get to the Europe Asian rounds, you know, like like Baku for example, and try and get those through Eurasia and Asia through to September and October. 
Then the Asia and Americas rounds in October and November, like Brazil, um, like Canada maybe, like the United States Grand Prix, the uh, Circuit of the Americas. Finishing up in December in the Middle East with Bahrain and as their... And I love that they quoted their traditional season finale of Abu Dhabi in December. Now, I did the numbers on this. They're still targeting 15 to 18 races. Um, Like, hang on. Cam, Cam, hold hold off for just a second, yeah? I'm just saying, right? There's 25 weekends between July 5th and the end of the year. They're planning to get 18 races in in 25 weeks to play with. Y'all want some burnout? So, in theory, if, say, they in December, like... They could do Bahrain and Abu Dhabi pretty much back to back and make both those weekends double headers, and it's four races down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll most likely do it that way. You know, they again, F one's not ruled out the possibility of double header weekends or, or, or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So you know, if they if they if they mitigate the travel, it's doable. But I, I annoyingly, I can't believe I'm saying this. The top rated comment there is from. A certain presenter from a certain network called WTF1 who says, I fear this will not be the end of the cancellations, though. And yeah, to be honest, I'm kind of in his camp. And the FIA has left open the window where it won't require uh, it won't require, you know, unanimous agreement to make changes to the regulations, meaning that, say, if the teams wanted to change the regulations in a way to end to effectively end the championship, they could. Without Liberty Media or the FIA saying otherwise, they could just shut it down. So, if the te- so it basically, if six of the ten teams got together and said, we don't want to race this season, they'd have to agree to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, remember I heard, that I heard, whole I heard party a majority. split. Remember that whole party split between engine manufacturers in Australia? Mm-hmm. It could very mm-hmm. easily happen. Oh, yeah. That would be... Ugly, to say oh, the least. Yeah. So, the all you- lawsuits up the ass. So, yeah, yeah. I- I'm glad the FIA and the World Motorsport Council came to that decision where it's like, hey, if the teams don't want to race, they don't have to race. Meanwhile, meanwhile, in the States, our governors are just trying to reopen the economy as soon as possible <laughs> because poor people shouldn't get unemployment. And that means we're going NASCAR racing in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. NASCAR has already Fucking produced America. a tentative uh, schedule in which they will be running double headers for the first couple of rounds. A double header at Martinsville, a double header at Charlotte, and I believe a couple more rounds as well. I'm trying to pull up the. Are they uh, are they Saturday Sunday double headers or like Sunday Wednesday? Sunday, double- yeah, Sunday, and I I want to say Wednesday. Oh my! It's Lord. Sunday and middle of the week. Oh man, fuck gosh. Brian Camp. <laughs> From Brian Camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah fucking ass. I would, uh, I'd love to find this, but it's not yeah, on motorsport.com anymore. Yeah. All I'll say is that if there is any oval track that is perfect for social distancing, it's Texas Motor Speedway during an IndyCar ride this <laughs> <first> weekend. <laughs> oh! Sounds about right. Y'all like aluminum seating? Y'all oh. like waves and waves of bare aluminum? So... When's NASCAR meant to be going again? Like in four weeks' they time? They want to come something. back Two in weeks. the middle of May. <laughs> Two weeks? Are they crazy? Um, That's the what answer, we've been asking. The answer is yes. Okay. 
Oop, let me see if I can find this tentative schedule. Folks, there uh, are good people in the southeast of the United States that don't uh, deserve to be dragged down by our shitty governors. Just a thought. Uh, so yeah, there, the first race date would be May 17th. <laughs> Which, yeah, they, that's, that's uh, two weeks from now. <laughs> two weeks from time they're out of their minds yeah i know they're out of their minds but they can't be stopped because you know screw poor people god damn it america for god's sake so yeah i know the season would restart sunday may 17th at darlington for its spring 400 mile race then the next race would happen later that week may 20th at darlington <laughs> I think 310-mile race. Yes, 310-mile race. And then the Sunday, they do the Coca-Cola 600. And then three days later... The the third event of the season is going to be the Coca-Cola 600. Their their longest race. The longest stint that anyone... Really, anyone is in a car in in any series. That's the longest uninterrupted single-driver race. So, in other words, they're doing all that while also cramming in five races in 15 days. Yep. Yes. And, like, the turnaround time... out of time their minds. Is the, like, unless they change the race weekend format, the turnaround time from having to leave Darlington, South Carolina on Wednesday night to get to back home to Charlotte for Friday... Oh, my lord. Can someone say gridlock? 16-hour <laughs> drives? All-nighters. Man, uh, I hope they're putting in time on Euro Truck Simulator 2. <laughs> <laughs> they're absolutely bonkers. It makes no fucking what sense they, to me. What are they doing? It's and like then, much of NASCAR these days. It makes no know. fucking sense. Yeah, and then continuing on. Yeah, after, after the 300-mile race on Charlotte, May 27th, they would go to Martinsville for May 31st. Uh, Martinsville doesn't get a second race. Three days later, they'll be racing in Bristol. <laughs> uh, and then th- then the Sunday, four days later, they'll be in Atlanta. <laughs> oh my lord. The team burnout is going to be unreal. Yeah, pretty much. But we talk, NASCAR, about, we talk about how bad it, was, it's, it potentially might be in F1. This is, this is as bad, if not worse. Yeah. Uh, at least I don't have to fly. That's like one small solace, at least. Yeah, I just think back then, to like... this Nasfax post about a li- an old Lysol Ford Taurus that says, inject this into my veins. And Thanks, yeah, like, Prez, you're the worst. They don't have to fly, but like, to go from, from, you know, to go from Martinsville to Bristol to Atlanta in, a, have... in, in seven days. Yeah, Three races are going to have to know... They're doing the cannonball run. <laughs> like, Basically. they're going to have literally no downtime. That's ridiculous. And I, and I said it before, NASCAR drivers have the longest stints because of how endurance racing in sports cars is broken up across multiple drivers. You're going to have people putting in 500-mile stint, then 300-mile stint, then 600-mile stint in the course of a week. Like, these guys are fitness nuts. But so are you saying Christ. that the Coke 600 should be made part of the WEC calendar when it, if it comes back? <laughs> Shit, I'm down. Oh, and that's, you know, the, the one I can't stand about this most 
It's th this level of irresponsibility is going to try and encourage more sports leagues to try and rush around to find some sort of compromise to reopen, mm -hmm. like as soon as possible. It, this is awfully like irresponsible. I hate it with every yeah. burning fiber of my being. Because the same people that have been in my mentions screaming at me saying, "Drave, you got to get the Premier League going," and I'm like, "No, we fucking don't. No, we don't. Sports are not that important, okay?" It's They're like, not serious. Sports are not as important as people's fucking lives. Yeah, and yeah. like no, and that's it. Being, that's the, the fact that the fact that we've had states that have deemed NASCAR and the WWE as essential business. No, that was a rumor. That was a rumor with NASCAR that was not real because yeah, NASCAR came out and said. Real. But the thing, the fact that you could even believe it with all. Oh, of it's this a shit very believable rumor. Very that's, believable. The, that's the worst part with yeah. NASCAR's actions over the past couple of days. Because like. Being completely honest for one second, that's the only way that any of these sporting organizations are going to stop if the government tells them to stop. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump is not going to tell them to stop. Not no only chance. that, he's w apparently willing to sue states who lift the pandemic orders. Yeah. If you, if you don't who know, don't who don't lift who don't yep. lift. America everybody like yeah. it is strange. it is strange when like the league showing the most restraint is like Major League Baseball right because the governor of Florida literally offered like hey we could deem baseball an essential business so you guys could restart the league you know at your spring training camps in Florida and they said no. <laughs> And even yeah. the NBA, who are trying to open up practice facilities in certain cities, they're being very, very careful with where they open them. Yeah. Sports are not as important. Look, we can all just chill out, give our hot takes about the Last Dance documentary, and wait for this yeah. all to blow over. <laughs> I, I like the part best when they talked about how Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra had sex in the Bulls practice field. Oh my god. <laughs> the content we were all what? waiting for. <laughs> What's not to like? I just <laughs> like learning about the expanse of Michael Jordan's blue jeans collection. <laughs> wide, wide berth. Like two sizes too big, yeah? Oh, I saw the meme of uh, I saw the meme of the search of uh, like him going on eBay and searching for wide as fuck jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. Michael Jordan, uh, or, everybody. Or, or as Vic put in the in the Discord and the part where Common Electra hid from MJ behind a sofa. <laughs> the, if you have watched, if you have not watched the Last Dance on Netflix. Please do. It's awesome. That's like, UK it's, Netflix, it's, of course. Uh, American viewers can subscribe to ESPN+. Plus. It's on ESPN+. Plus. If you're on international Netflix, it is available on there the day after new episodes go out on Sunday. Two a week. We've also got other tracks trying to barge their way back into Formula One. Places like... like Imola, yep, Hockenheim. Hockenheim Portimao. Oh, yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Portimao's desperate for a Grand Prix, apparently. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the thing is, like, aren't these in places that were, like, among the worst effective? Like, haven't y'all got other shit to worry about? It's almost Imola like... in Italy. Yeah. I mean, come on. That is that is how desperate people are to try to get even, like, a foot in the door to being on the F1 calendar. It's like, it's like, it's like Connor Daly asking Taylor Swift to fill out the squad. <laughs> oh... Is, is, that, is that a euphemism for something? You know what? Now it is. Now it is. Now it is. I'd like to uh, hand in my resignation to the Motorsport 101 <laughs> Network. 
But we can't um, talk. But you can't resign yet before we talk about Sophia Florsch. Oh, oh, oh god! No. Oh god! Oh boy! <laughs> Are you expecting this all day or am I? Uh, so the short end cut of it is that Sophia Florsch, uh, Formula Three driver, um, now has a premium Instagram account. <laughs> It, it should be noted, like themselves. this came to my attention when uh, Formula 3 itself pushed it on their official accounts and even have a story on their official website about this. Yeah, like, Formula 3 is all behind this. It's like, yeah, yeah, go, absolutely check out Sophia Florsch's premium Instagram account. That's right, Instagram it's a account. private Instagram where only fans of Sophia Florsch <laughs> can check in and <laughs> see <laughs> updates. <laughs> I'm, uh... I, I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. I'm okay, gonna okay. go scream into the night. I'm gonna go uh, inject so, some Lysol. <laughs> so here's don't a do quote. that, kids. Please don't do that. Yeah, don't. Don't listen to the president, kids. Uh, okay, so here's a quote from Sophia. I came up with this idea because in America, some people, some influencers, have been doing it for a while. In motorsport, <laughs> people want to get closer to the racetrack, and many fans have asked if I could provide that opportunity. For that <clears throat> reason, I started a YouTube channel to show fans a little bit more, uh, a little bit more how things are working on the racetrack. In the current situation, it's mainly just esports training and some news that I'm uploading. But as soon as the FIA Formula <laughs> Three Championship resumes, it will be amazing. It'll it'll be fun showing people more details, having race reports after each session, even showing some data files and hold raffles. Just data exciting, files. just mm. exciting, interesting content that fans <laughs> never get to see. I'm really looking forward to it. I really enjoyed the background ASMR there from RJ. <laughs> There's going to be a... In that eSports content, there are going to be a lot of weird requests to see pedal cam footage and nothing but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! Haley Deegan fans have entered the chat. Oh, no! I love that we have, like, a, a combined average age on this podcast of, like, 27 between us, and yet... We are reduced and yet we're to all actually five. Though it was really yeah, important, yeah. she needs to include how to sign up because it's not that clear because it's very strange. Uh, quote: it's, it's 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 PayPal links, isn't it? Yes. Quote: There's a link on my website. You go you go there and scroll down, and there's a link to PayPal. This link will lead you directly to to the membership rate and a choice of memberships, reoccurring monthly, yearly, or just for one month. I get an email that pops up and then I add you to close friends on Instagram and everything is sorted. Oh. <laughs> Takes about oh. five minutes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. They even talk about length of subscription. I mean, come on. It's the, like... the jokes write themselves. They're talking about length, you say. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you both. <laughs> I have nothing to add. I don't know what to add. I'm scared to add. All I will add is support sex workers. Move along. <laughs> yes. And get the fellas on in that too. Yes, absolutely. Um, George Russell should be encouraged to have as many private Instagram shirtless pics as he, as he wants. Kings Lynn represents. <laughs> 
I agree with this, but only I, I, I agree with this, but only if Nicholas Latifi is in the background saying enough of the shirtless pics with a wooden sign in the back, just for FEMA's sake. <laughs> oh my lord! Today, Do you Williams think if- introduces new sh- sponsor SeanCody.com. Mm. Only I'm gonna get that. I could make uh, another Williams joke, but I will be executed yeah. by a man from New York. Yeah, remember remember that Williams joke I made earlier in the year? Uh, actually, just a couple weeks ago. Wow. Would, Not- you, would, you, would, you, would, you, would you like to remind the listeners at home for those that weren't with us two weeks ago what that joke was? No, no, because it is a Discord server exclusive, Dre. If you're That's not right, five dollars <laughs> gets you early access to all this banter. Hey, y'all, Lando Norris won an IndyCar race at Circuit of the Americas. This proves that F1 talent is superior to IndyCar talent. Heavy sarcasm, oh, heavy sarcasm, heavy sarcasm. Oh boy, sarcasm. it's the it's the F one. But I beat Lando Norris. What does that prove? Yeah, that's right. Motorsport <laughs> Moto one is when better we... than F one. Yeah, when are we getting King his Arrow McLaren SP ride? I Oliver t- Askers apparently doesn't want it. Yeah, um, there was a lot of takes out there, and I'm just thinking, y'all are forgetting that Lando Norris is like a top. 10 iRacer on Earth and has been playing yeah. on the service since he was six years old. Yeah, yeah he's been Ryan playing can... iRacing for 15 years. Why the fuck no wonder he's knowing good. he was going to beat the field? No wonder he's good. If anything, it's an accomplishment that Pato Award was able to race him so close at the end. O- yeah. Only because Lando Norris had spun out halfway through. Yeah, he spun and won. He spun and won. Danny Sullivan, <laughs> eat your heart out. Also, and, uh, like, uh, dude, I'll tell you this. Felix Rosenquist, he spun... He didn't win. <laughs> yeah, nearly took Lando out in the process. Look, people, don't invite Lando Norris to your iRacing events. Like, what's the point? Unless it's on an oval. Then you, then you got a chance. Yeah, then, yeah, then like, you could watch him get beat by King. <laughs> Delightful! But look, well, it, I don't know why It's the same mentality it. as always of, oh, well, you got F1 is the pinnacle of motorsport. Everyone else is trash. That's not true. I don't. I don't listen to these people because of words. One thing that I've learned is that F one no, they fans worm their way so, in every time some, a crossover like this happens. They worm their way in. F one fans are proud to boast about the superiority of their sport, unless they're solely to up to fans of other sports. Unless they're talking strictly about F one, and then it's the worst fucking shit they have ever watched <laughs> yeah. and will never watch again. No one will yeah, tell you much. how much they hate Formula One like someone who loves Formula One. Yeah. I told you before, it's the Vegeta and Kakarot theory from Dragon Ball Z. The only person that gets to kill Kakarot is me. <laughs> That's the same logic that applies to Formula One fans on the internet. Nobody else can bash this sport unless you're a fan of the sport. That's the only way it makes sense. Yeah, and <laughs> where was everyone when Charles Leclerc entered a SRO race at the last minute in a Ferrari GT car? And went to war with Luca Giotto. <laughs> Luca Giotto, like who nobody was expecting to ever reach Formula One, which is a shame because he's a decently talented driver, but just didn't have the budget to move up. Yeah, and um, yeah. Charles finished. I want to say twenty first. Twenty first. And I'm. And does this me saying that Charles is a bad driver? No, it's because he had no. no experience on those cars. No, Charles Leclerc is a damn fine driver. He's been cleaning up the virtual Grand Prix series that that, that F1's been hosting. Yeah. The, the, virtual hot, 
the virtual hot mess that just happens to be an esports series. Yeah. And I use the word esports in inverted commas because now they're yeeting fans out of their streams so that Dan Tictum can race. <laughs> that was, that uh, was an yes. unrelated Williams event. <laughs> yeah. Obligatory, <clears throat> obligatory fuck Dan Tictum. <laughs> like, yeah, did that... no one plan this? Like, okay, we, we we forgot to ask all our drivers if they wanted to take a part. Sorry, Dan wants I to get I think Williams in. has more pressing matters to attend to right now. <laughs> like this, oh, like the, like expanding their slot car track. Lovely, King. Talk, talk to me about DTM. Uh, <laughs> um, well, yikes. yikes. Okay, long and short of it, at the end of this season, no matter how many races do or don't take do or not do or don't take place, Audi will be leaving DTM. Oh. That's not good. Yeah. How not good is that? Well, in 2018, Mercedes-Benz left. In 2019, Aston Martin and R Motorsports showed up for one year, were terrible, and then left. Now Audi's leaving, which leaves just BMW as the one manufacturer committed to the super silhouette formula that DTM has. And it is... Shit's fucked, yo. Yeah, it, it's not viable to have DTM with one manufacturer because... BMW can't supply everyone with cars. Because keep in mind, unlike Super GT, which also runs to the same regulations in their top class GT500, there is no lower class in DTM. It is just the Super Touring cars. Yeah. And also, also, uh, Super GT happens to have more manufacturer support, more sponsor support, more attendance... Uh, they're not affected by this at all. In fact, the only thing they're worried about is, hey, maybe we can give a mid-engined Honda NSX back on the grid. Just a thought. Yeah, because Super GT, at the end of the day, has enough of a following and enough investment from outside sources that it can sustain itself. And even if, by some insane circumstance, GT500 collapsed, they have a fallback plan in GT300. What does DTM have? Uh, uh, Gerhard Berger's wonderful management? <laughs> Look, the man took over in, what, 2017? And he's lost yeah. two full-blooded manufacturers and the privately run Aston Martins. Yeah. Yep. Shit's fucked Sounds now. good, yo. And, I mean, a lot, of, a lot of the discourse afterwards was a lot of sadness, but also a lot of... What the fuck did DTM think was going to happen when you have cars that, despite being relatively cheap to build, are catastrophically expensive to develop? If anything, I felt like they should have adopted the formula much sooner, but someone had have. to drag their feet. Total yep. Wolf. Yep. Ah, yes, Wodo Tolf. Because, basically, what Gearhart hoped happened was adopt Class 1 as soon as possible, and to focus on expansion across all of Europe. That's not going to happen. Nope. Not only is that not going to happen, their existing fan base, it, it's not. It's too much of a niche series. Yeah, in its current their, their fan base was mainly built on loyalty to manufacturers, and they're now that the manufacturers <laughs> oh, are gone... All the manufacturers are gone. <laughs> oh. yeah. So now what? Um, 
this is not the first time, and it probably won't be the last time. It's not the first time, time DTM has died. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Y'all remember the Super Turing era? <laughs> yeah. Um, DTM is probably done. Yeah. Cause... Their only hope of survival is rebooting as a GT3-based series, which Germany ah. already has one. I was about to say, the problem with that is that it already exists. It's called ADAC GT. Ah. So it's it's not looking good. Yeah, and I can't find it here, but BMW put out a statement saying that, you know, they're going to evaluate the situation, which I... Is, it basically you know, the vibe of it was that wait, you were gonna pull out. We were thinking about pulling out too, <laughs> yeah. and that will leave DTM with a sum total of zero manufacturers and there's zero all these, entries. All these fellas talking about wanting to pull out, and I'm worried because they're gonna be knock on mm. effects. You forget about like this, like this used to be the parent series to the European Formula 3 championship. Thank God that merger happened now. Um, Now it's the parent series to the W series. What's going to happen to the W Mm. series if DTM dies? Fuck's sake. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they've already announced that um, there's probably going to be no Dream Race this year, not only because of coronavirus, but also... um, There was also... There there might not be a a series. There was no plans to have one before all this started. Yeah. Now this basically guarantees it. Which makes that event much more valuable in the long run. Look, um, I think the drivers involved, a lot of the the factory personnel, they'll be fine. They will be assigned other jobs. I mean, Chris Audi has a ton of customer racing and some factory racing cash, like the Formula E team and Ducati Corsa. (laughs) Yeah, why don't we get Rene Rast on a Ducati? Yeah, but wasn't like, uh, you know, one of Audi's teams, uh, WRT, like, considering, like, hey, we'd operate an LMDH program if you guys wanna. Yeah, that did come out today because the rumor, of course, and uh, we'll get to LMDH in a minute because those regulations are brewing as we speak. Um, Mm. Yeah, that's like the only, that's gonna be the only series left for really top tier in terms of, you know, lap time cars outside of Formula One left. Yep. LMDH. Other than other than yeah, LMDH or um IMSA and WEC. Yeah. And like the the specification else. Like it, it on like the Formula E side of things, like the specifications for the Gen three car have come out and they're gonna be probably on pace with like Formula Two cars, which like it, it's a massive improvement to where they are now, but like and yeah, like, the issue is, is that outside of Formula One, and until very recently LMP1H, you know, every manufacturer for internal combustion engine motorsport, they just went to FE. Yep. And look at what happened to LMDH. Everyone involved, other than Toyota, just bailed and went to FE. And yeah, here's a quote from BMW. We, as the BMW group, were surprised by the announced Audi exit from DTM. Together with the ITR, we have always fought passionately for the future and further development of the DTM. We will now assess the situation and possible consequences from all angles. Consequences? (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. We out, fam. Yeah, BMW has other series that they can go spend their money on rather than compete against themselves. Yep. And I just think back to, what was it, a month or two ago where 
Gerhard Berger is like, no one's going to leave. Audi isn't going to leave. They're not in a position to leave. And Audi came out with a statement like, if we want to leave, we can. Yeah, and like... Things cons- aged well. Yeah, and considering the state of, you know, the world at the moment, it'd be really hard as a new manufacturer to try to announce and launch an entry into DTM for the start of next season. Yeah. <laughs> One little... Last news tidbit from uh-huh. our friends at the Monolith. Autosport magazine oh. will not be published. <laughs> will not be published for the next few months. Damn. Damn. They're getting that Ed Bankoff treatment too. Yeah. They're not even part of Bots Media. I we mentioned LMDH. It is confirmed that um it was confirmed on April twenty fourth. So they said on April twenty fourth that the Regulations will be unveiled in two weeks, so about a week and a half from now. So by the time you listen to the show, we'll know what LMDH looks like. Please use your heads. Please, God. So, uh, this is actually pretty, pretty cool from, from Autosport. Uh, because the magazine is pause production, uh, they're, they're also freezing subscriptions, so you won't be charged what, during, hey. the, during the production freeze. No, that's, that's, that's a nice touch. <clears throat> so that's all the news taken care of. One week later. Uh, Chris is here. Um, so what's what's the one, number one rule of uh, these uh, sim racing events with real drivers and sponsors and television deals? The driver's briefing should have been five words. You are professionals. Act accordingly. They didn't. Uh, okay, now this is going to require some extra explanation real quick. Now, the first part of episode 240 that you heard, uh, we recorded last week. We, as we've said before, are generally only going to record every two weeks. However, a certain something happened in a certain IndyCar virtual series that happened this past weekend that warranted, shall we say, an extra recording just to make sure. Um, Yeah, guys in the Discord, don't worry too much about the robot sounding at the moment only because i'm recording offline anyway so my microphone will still be okay as long as you can still relatively hear me we'll be okay thanks for the reminder though i do yeah. i do appreciate it um you can cut that bit out anyway but uh, so yeah as a result of that incident we've decided to beat our heads together and record what i like to call an emergency taping we don't do this very often but we felt like we had to talk about this one. And most likely it'll be sandwiched in with the rest of episode 240 to create one super duper long news-based podcast. Like we did with the Carl Larson incident a couple of weeks ago. Got it? Good. Also, we've imported Chris Harding for this bit via the power of time travel. Hello, Chris. Oh, something IndyCar happened? Looks like that's my call. He was summoned here via Dark Ritual. Uh, we sacrificed the pig. It was well worth it. Um, so yes, in, in, by this logic, welcome to episode two forty point five. Now, <laughs> this is an interesting one because, well, the majority of this second taping is going to be talking about, well, the GMR one seventy five, the uh, and a, a first responder IndyCar sponsored the final round of their. 
series challenge at a virtual Indianapolis. Um, now, I'm not as good as explaining these sorts of things compared to a certain other New Yorker on this podcast. So, King, if you want to take us through the, the, the details of what exactly happened, and then we'll get into it from there. Okay. Uh, the, the rundown of the incident at hand. Which one? I say incidents. Uh, <laughs> Plurals are required so, so- here. I, I, I'm considering the last relapse as one singular incident. Yeah, pretty much, because <laughs> like, that's the, thing, the, the first 75% of this race was relatively incident-free, besides Sage Karam spinning in Pit Road. Um, no. Oh no, there's some massive pileups. <laughs> like, people got launched into catch fences on multiple occasions. Yeah, like, Joseph yeah. Newgarden ended up in the Indy Museum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Tony Kanan got yeeted into oblivion by Jack Harvey. Alex Palu got got squeezed into the wall. No, 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 no. He, his new name is Air Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Our very last dance. Okay, but 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 the the sequence of laps everyone's talking about. The final three laps of the event. Run down into turn. I think we one. should. No, I think we should go from the last restart onwards. The last restart onwards. Yeah. Ooh, that's where my memory gets a bit fuzzy, because my mind just immediately goes to the last three laps, where heading into turn one, uh, three to go, three wide, on the inside, Lando Norris, in the middle, Graham Rahal, on the outside, Simon Pagino. Lando kind of drops back and sits behind them through turn one. But on the exit of one, Lando makes a move to the inside, they go three wide, and they appear to make contact with no, Simon Pagano. they did not appear to make contact. In fact, if you look at the incident, they made no contact. But this is iRacing. Well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> Simon Pagano, uh, you know, pretty much Graham Rahal, getting appears to make contact with Lano Norris. Graham rolls up the track and then make contacts, makes contact with Pagano, and Pagano gets sent right into the outside wall. Uh, with Ray Hall also damaged, we now have a McLaren 1-2-3 with, with, <laughs> with Lano Norris leading the train, followed by Oliver Askew and, a, and Patricio Award. We get through the next lap, Fairly incident-free, until the exit of turn four, where just off camera, uh, we God. see it's Simon Pagano <laughs> with a steel chair. <laughs> we see Simon Pagano. Uh, we we don't actually see the incident live. We just see we just uh, see Pagano's the, car the flipping, car. Lando car in flipping. the inside wall, and. Uh, Ask you an award in the, are in the lead now, and I guess this is the new battle for the win. We we go around to the back straight, and my oh my, who do we have here but one, Marcus Erickson, going for the race win. Does a double overtake into turn three. <laughs> yep, double overtake into turn three. Oh my word, uh, though it doesn't seem to be long-lived with uh, one Patricio Award deciding, hey, I could just like just 
make a move back. It, it's 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 a bit it's a bit dicey, but I I think I think we can make it. Oh no, they're gone. They're gone. Oh no, they're both out. <laughs> so it looks like Alaraski's gonna win this. Oh, but behind him. Behind him, we have one Santino Ferrucci, and Ferrucci has one hell of a run towards the yard of bricks. He he goes to the he goes to the outside. He has a run. Uh, he swings back in, takes takes out Askew. He gets he collected him. too. He, he turned, turned him. <laughs> and then, oh lord, Penske driver Scott McLaughlin wins the first responder one seventy five with. Connor Daly coming second. You pour in blood, sweat, and tears. And then, through divine intervention, you lose to Penske. <laughs> Even the racing gods were like, okay, I'm just going to commit total anarchy and still have a Penske win. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the moment, live, not knowing fully what Pagano did... We were fully aware with with what Santino did in the moment, but uh, being completely of unaware of the Pagano incident, I have to say on a personal level, that was the most entertaining three laps of sim racing I've seen in a long time. Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, well, shit. shit that may be the most entertaining three laps of sim racing I have ever seen. And I'm sorry, as we discuss this, it's going to be hard to move it, move my stance off from this still being one of the most entertaining sim racing finishes that I have ever seen. It, it just kept escalating more and more, all the way down to the line. It, it, it and this like, also somehow, goes down to how the track, how the cars were engineered. The setup for this race had a lot of downforce piled on it, so cars were able to slipstream very easily. When you look at the cars coming off of a restart, there were slicing and dicing, cars going three wide by themselves. It was ridiculous. They engineered a pack race at Indianapolis. Yeah, they engineered a pack race. And uh, even then, the initial setup was even worse. Because in the practice races, it was pretty much like a NASCAR plate race. Uh, to the point where race control made the executive decision of like, hey, for the actual event, we need uh, raise the weather temperature a bit. To, to space the cars out a little more. And that's weird when you have race control playing God and adjusting weather conditions. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Which kind of brings into the whole, where is the line on this between an actual event and a sim event? Because, <laughs> well, everyone should have acted professionally, and a few people didn't, and I get to bury my boy in a couple of minutes. A lot of the events that precipitated this could only happen in a video game. Yeah, it could only happen in a video game where, again, we, we were in a fixed setup environment where they introduced pack racing, which is fine for, like, the experienced drivers who have, like, experience running the speedway in real life and know, like, what moves are kind of morally viable and not. When you have someone... When you introduce people with zero, not only speedway experience, but oval experience in an environment where you could do things that completely are not possible in real life, you are asking for lines to be crossed. Which is exactly what, which is exactly what Santino Ferrucci said when he was called up to the broadcast after the race had finished. 
he openly admitted that because it's it's iRacing and because it's a, v- a video game, it's exactly why he went for his quote-unquote move on Askew down the home straight towards the finish line. No, the Santino <laughs> move. We need to talk about this. He had one hell of a run. He had he the race did. one. He had he the had, race one. He, he threw had the away the race win to take him out. Paul Tracy said his steering was hacked, though. Oh my <laughs> See, the thing is, I th- as much as Paul Tracy has been gagging on Santino's dick for about a year, um, I think he was actually kind of shitposting with that one. Yeah. The thing is, though, is that, like, Paul Tracy's opinions are so far-fetched and so out there, and it goes exactly about what we know about F- Ferrucci and his quote-unquote following, is that you could actually somewhat believe it if he wasn't shitposting. He claims he was, yeah. but let's just say I don't think Paul Tracy's done enough to earn the benefit of the doubt on this one. Yeah. Pruitt fade, anybody? Pruitt fade. I mean, A bit more it, than a Pruitt fade to the line. Yeah, because he, he pretty much swerved into Askew, and, like, Santino he did had it for Dale. He did a yeah. Dale Earnhardt dump to the line. Like, Saint Santino had had the run. He was gonna overtake Askew before the line, like without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, instead of giving us, instead of giving the world a photo finish, he decided, "Nah, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Askew in the is, wall." And it was still a photo finish with them in the air. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Scott McLaughlin, I was gonna say, didn't Ferrucci still finish third? Yes, yes. he did. Finish third. Yeah. Ask you finish fourth. I have the I've put the racing <laughs> reference results up here. McLaughlin, Daly, Ferrucci, Askew, Award or top five. Borday, Hunter Ray, Veach, Rosenquist, and Ditson completing the top ten. Amazing. Oh man. <laughs> I would like God. to remind you, although this is a photo finish with them in the air, they weren't the only drivers that got significant airtime looking at Graham Rahal over here. Graham Rahal caught so much air, he was above his own number on the scoring pylon at Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah, he Graham was. Rahal caught so much air, air traffic control is having to tell him he is clear to ascend to 15,000 feet. Yeah, Rahal and Jack Harvey went into low orbit. Graham Rahal now sits in the mesosphere, which is right above the trophosphere. Yeah. Huh, weird. Oh, I just saw him go over my house. <laughs> yeah, rumor has it he's still coming down um, on that one. He was launched into the air as a result of the incident. Um, I, where do we go from here then, Fedders? I mean, do we talk about Pagano's side and all this? I yeah, think, before before yeah, I no, before I, we start with that though, I just want to say that one of the things that I like more about virtual racing is that cars can get airborne and launch like this, and it's a good time and not something that we have to break into. Like NBC breaking news is like one of the greatest tragedies in American sport. Yeah, True. yeah. When someone gets launched into a catch fence and their car's crumpled into a a ball, and they're just like, "God damn it!" But I I, I think before we talk about like the repercussions of the incident. I think I think we need to just kind of inform people who haven't been on social media about what the general response to this has been. Um literal death threats. It's only it's only a racing sim. Why do you have to be mad at, at other people on behalf of others? Especially when after the incident, both Pagano and Lando apologized to each other. Because, as we learned after the fact, 
and this is not justifying Pagano's actions whatsoever, Lando was causing a lot of incidents over the week and being kind of unapologetic about it, which put him on a very short fuse with most people in IndyCar. It didn't help as well that because he's connecting from the United Kingdom, he had a, exactly. he had a ping of well over 300, which in gaming terms is laggy as all hell. Um, yeah, he- it's, it's to the point where you have to question, regardless of the publicity for the series, how was he allowed to race in this race where you may need to make a close move and you've got three milliseconds of lag? Yeah. And, and you're traveling at two, 200, near is enough, 230 miles an hour. Yeah. And to be like, fair, though, Scott McLaughlin was competing from Australia. Yes, but also Scott so, McLaughlin yeah, has a yeah, important, different... Important note, Scott McLaughlin may be competing from farther away, but his ping wasn't nearly as bad because Lando Norris, despite being a Formula One driver, decides, hey, I'm going to connect my, my racing PC to the internet via Wi-Fi. Oh Which is shit! Just fucking stupid. Wait, Get fighting it? game fighting game enthusiasts have just had an apoplectic seizure right. at this news. <laughs> yeah, why can't this man go buy like a fifty foot LAN cable? It, the router can't be that far away. That's the whole point. Is that yeah? He he's 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 hooked up on Wi Fi, which automatically makes his connection a lot worse. It's not like a lot of again, as RJ mentioned, fighting game players who will hook their their, con- their console of choice directly via Ethernet cable, and there's even specialist routers that are specifically designed to reduce ping. If anyone subscribed to Maximilian on YouTube, the uh, famous fighting game YouTuber, you'll know all about that. Maximilian, dude! Yeah, same deal with gaming monitors and certain controllers, all to get better response time so that when you press the button... It presses the button for the game. Which is quite alarming for a guy that's been in iRacing for 15 years. Um, And full disclosure, when you're talking about using long Ethernet cables, in my apartment up in Indianapolis, where I'm not at that apartment right now, um, I'm at my parents' house, but in that apartment, I actually have an Ethernet cable that runs from my PC up my wall, alongside the, the ceiling in my bedroom, across the wall in my f- hallway, and then down to the router. Probably on a 50-foot cable overall. So really, Lando should be able to run an Ethernet cable from his router to his PC. There shouldn't be anything holding him back. Especially when you know he's a formula one driver who despite all of this going on makes formula one money and works for mclaren and he's in formula one so he is clearly the best driver which means indycar has an out for him they're jealous of him they're jealous of his success it's not really like that and i know yes some of us were kind of just like oh gosh why is he coming in here winning at coda taking shine off all the regulars but that's not that's not on Lando, that is on his fan base. Yeah, and it they they've got a track record of it because as soon as Marshall Pruitt put out the tweet saying that uh, a certain someone in the series had been receiving death threats, famous YouTube influencer Jimmy Broadbent also chipped in and said this happened to us after we crashed at not the Bahrain GP. Um that incident at the end in a crash that was Pretty much wholly Lando's fault. Yeah, it was totally Lando's fault, and yet Jimmy got death threats. And uh, you see, although he said not quite as severe, 
he still got abuse from Lando fans. Oh boy, like not, his fault. not quite as severe as actual death threats via DM. I know. It, oh goody. I know. It, but like, I'm putting this into some sort of context, but that's that's exactly. I'm only li- using the words he literally said in the tweet to marshal yeah. through it. But uh, let's just say there is a reputation that a vocal minority of Lando's fan base are toxic, to say the least. Um, and it's and it really is the same with any top tier Formula One driver with like a huge cult of personality following with Lando, with Matt, with Lewis. You know, I feel bad for the situation is Kristen, who actually manages Pagano's um, social media because she yeah, sees Pagano's all this. Social media has been a dumpster fire. He had and, and, he had over thirteen hundred comments on his most recent post, and pretty much all of them were either threats or people saying. Well, you're just mad because you couldn't make it to Formula One. You're a shit driver. And the take yes. I saw, which, goddamn, is any IndyCar driver, anyone who's made it to Formula One, is automatically more accomplished than anyone who's ever driven an IndyCar, which I respond to you. Simon Pagina won the Indy 500 last year. Two-time Formula One world champion two-time Le Mans champion, and multiple race winner Fernando Alonso, well, he was watching from the stands. Because Zach Brown doesn't go digging for steel rails. Now look, I'm not going to tell you that what Simon Pagano did was right to drive drive out of the pits. It was extremely wrong. Those of you who's been watching, who's been listening, I am one of Simon Pagano's biggest fans. I you cried are. when he won the Indy 500. Yes, we did. I have met him three times. He has been nothing but a total gentleman. And this was fucking stupid. And it could have been entirely diffused if they if they told him that, like, you know, hey, that was a net code. Yeah, we haven't move. actually described what happened with the situation. So, yeah, so Lando, let's Lando hits them via mm. net code, about three feet of net code, because he took it three wide. And... There is an unwritten rule with Indianapolis that in IndyCar, because I saw some people citing Indy Lights going three wide, Indy Lights is like 35 miles per hour slower. Yeah. They have less power. And the cars are narrower. The cars are narrower. The cars are lighter. They have less power. And they have more downforce relative to their performance envelope. It's a completely different ballgame. Oh, yeah. But in IndyCar, unless it's a restart and it's into turn one, you don't take it three wide. Except in 2014, which happened which with James did. Hinchcliffe, Ed, Ed Carpenter, and Townsend Bell. Yeah, and that's an extremely well. exceptional moment. That was all three people. Unless you're going for the win, like to like what happened with Takuma Sato in 2012, you don't go that low into a turn because you're yeah. either going to spin on the white line or you're going to wash up into the cars on your outside. Nobody but the like the most no fear drivers like Sato, Tony Kanan in his prime, they're not gonna try these moves. Stefan Wilson, who was in the event, spoke after the event, saying that he did not condone what Simon did, but he understood it. He understood why he was so angry, because if you go that low, someone's getting the shaft. And right. if and they it hadn't just been happened to be Simon. Yeah, if they hadn't been net-coded going into the turn, they would have crashed later in the turn because that turn two tightens up at Indy. All four corners are a little bit different. Lando hit Graham, and Graham just swept up into Simon. Yeah, and Lando was Lando was causing net-code incidents all week in practice and being pretty unapologetic about it. 
just brushing off of, oh, if it was a 0x, it was netcode. Who gives a shit? And this left him on a very short fuse with everyone in IndyCar. It wasn't a, oh, an F1 outsider's coming in and he's coming in and stealing our milk. It's it's not that. He was causing stealing our milk and orange juice. No. I love Emerson Fittipaldi, but no. <laughs> listen, listen, Emerson Jesus. Fittipaldi is in on the sim racing game. I, yeah, I would, he, and Sebasti- I would, I- he and new sim racer Sebastian Vettel had a great battle, which I suppose we can talk about later. A little bit, but yeah. Simon gets wiped out, Graham gets wiped out, and they Simon takes his, his fast repair. And he says, coming out of the pits, let's take out Lando. Let's do it. Oh, and it's up to his spotter to kind of try and defuse the situation. Yeah, because Simon doesn't not. know that it was netcode. He's thinking right now, Lando just fired it up the inside and took Graham and I right the fuck out. And I would have thought the same thing. And that's one of the many reasons, short fuse, no money, that I'm not a real life racing driver in the meat space. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he feels that Lando's broken the unwritten rule. So he does about, what is it, two or three laps. And then coming out of turn four, he lets off the gas right in front of Lando. They netcode again, but it would have happened. The collision would have happened anyways. And he deliberately takes Lando out of the lead. I watched it first. I thought Simon was coming back into the pits for more repairs, and it just looked like a really clumsy re-entry. I did not know that he that they were waiting for him to come back around so he could lift off and then park the bus right Same out of Same thoughts here, RJ. Yeah, Same exactly. thoughts here. No, the, the thing is, the thing is, he had no reason to go back for more repairs. Yeah, they had quick repairs. Repair. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we didn't necessarily know that at the time, but we definitely well, know that now. Well, I, I knew that because, like, they made it pretty clear to people who follow closely what the rule set for on the, on the server was. And that, you know, I think everyone had, like, two or three quick repairs. Yeah. Actually, I, unfortunately, Lost in all of this is a great joke, as, as Spotter did. It's like, uh, okay, we need to bring in a brand new engine, four spare corners, and a new tub. Oh, I see what you did there. And um, it's just... It was a chicken shit move. And I think it really didn't help that this was on the largest platform imaginable. Streaming live around the world on not only YouTube, but available on the NBC Sports Network and in Britain on Sky Sports F1. Yeah, Yeah, and of all the people to take out, of all the people that this caused, it was the F1 driver. And the With the huge toxic following. And a huge massive internet following who's done more to entertain the general public in the middle of this downtime than anybody else has. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And it didn't help that his spotter, who, again, could have diffused this immediately by saying, oh, it's just netcode, was basically jacking him up the whole time. But that's beyond the point. Simon Pagino was a grown-ass man, and he can yeah, make and- the decision to not do that. And this is a situation where, again, I talked about television platform. Uh, do we even need to go into the sponsors, like Global Medical Response, uh, which, you know, a division of their company, AMR, is, the, you know, the safety sponsor right. for IndyCar. And, this was you know, treated as a professional event. Yeah, there, there was an invocation. Members of the uh, Indianapolis Fire Department volunteered their time to do a recording of the National Anthem. It was a belter. Um, <laughs> 
this yeah. was produced as a true mini virtual Indy 500. It really was. Right. Which brings me to my point. Remember who you're racing against. Um, like when you look at what happened with Simon and when you look at what happened with Santino, the fact of the matter is is that you have to look at who you're competing against. If you're racing against Joe Sixpack, yeah, I can understand you having a different, you know, a different attitude towards racing. Or if you're going against Bob, who's nursing a 58-pound Budweiser tumor covered by a white Doug Wolfgang T-shirt that he bought at Williams Grove in 1982. I get that. But when you're looking at driving against professional racing drivers, and you yourself are a professional racing driver... Wearing your professional racing driving suit. Yes, you are. You're racing against people who you're racing against people who, in real life, you put your life in their hands and they put their life in your hands. People don't forget being wronged like that, and that's why what happened with Simon and Lando and what happened with Oliver and Santino is so bad because. They're all going to remember that later on when they're racing against each other and racing room will not be given. And quite frankly, if you play stupid games, you will win stupid prizes. Look, I, the, the, it would be the most dreadful thing I'd ever have to report on this podcast if there was a serious accident for real. Because, I mean, IndyCar is set to go racing a month from today. Um, you know, depending on if the situation we'll changes or not, we are recording this on 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 May on May sixth. But yeah. I say this to say, if there was a bad blood incident on racetrack that stemmed from a from a virtual incident, the, yeah. do you know how much of a fucking headache that would be, and how awful that, that would, would sound? Everyone would have to look back and say over a video game. But then, this is what we've got. In this strange time we're living in, this is what we have, and we have to make the best of it. Yeah, this is the, like, I, I can't... this was wasting. All this did is show off exactly why sim racing wasn't taken seriously before all of this happened. This undid. This undid all the good work done beforehand by IndyCar, by NASCAR by Supercar Series, by Formula One. And just a couple of days later, Lando Norris was was, was caught up in another incident in the Supercars race he was invited to where he drove backwards in a pit lane. Yeah, and it's not so black and white because that was a televised event. Yeah. Yeah. And he did something that was egregiously unsafe and compromising the safety of other drivers and would get you disqualified in real life. Just ask one Nigel Mansell. And I I think this is the part where you kind of have to take a step back and remember how this all started when, when, when drivers were racing, you know, in their own private leagues. Well, you know, like, like private team redline events where we were all laughing at, Lando Norris purposely taking out Max Verstappen on repeated occasions. Oh yeah, like this is this is one of the things that I wanted to get to. I, I think it's great that we have these pro invitational events where we have drivers who you see racing in the in the real world, the real cars with the real danger, going into sim racing. But they, but I think a lot of them are treating them as it is if this is you know just a hobby. It's not a thing that it's not a thing that pays the bills. Some of them are obviously quite good at it. 
Uh, but Some for of them, them have been doing their, it since they were little kids. But they are doing this primarily as a thing to pass the time until they can go racing for real again, which is what they get paid to do uh, to begin with. It's different which, from you know guys who make their people who make their living entirely in sim racing. Yeah, th- and, that's that's fine, and it's it's they can do whatever they want in small private gatherings and events or in public lobbies. But the minute you step into a televised event. You have to go in there with the a different change. mindset. Yeah, the yeah, standards, standards change. change. But at the same time, you also have to look at the thing that precipitated all of this is something that wouldn't happen in real life, where someone gets center punched into the shadow realm, and there was no contact. And well, it, because again, then, to a degree, that goes into how serious you take the event, where someone exactly. of Lando Norris's means. This wouldn't have been an issue. Just hook an Ethernet cable from your router to or your Or even computer. better, if you don't feel like hook it, rewiring your entire network interface, maybe race with a little more discretion. Exactly. Yeah, he he was putting he was putting last lap moves in the middle of the race, something that you would not normally see until the last maybe five percent of a real life race. People were breaking out the uh, the classic out of context Senna quote, which will not be repeated here. Get a new song because Zoe wants and it. That does not happen at the Indianapolis Five Hundred because we miss if you, you put your rolling. car, yeah, we do. We miss you, of course. The anniversary of their passing, of course. We. You cannot do that at Indianapolis. You cannot pull yield or crash moves. You have to be decisive. You have to be clean. Or either you're going to crash, or you're going to crash other people. And to repeat Try, and, and to repeat a large part of King's point, and this is something that Arav had to point out quite nicely as well on Twitter. Now, again, full disclosure, Arav also works under the Veloce Esports banner as well, and he's been at centerfold in an organize. He's been on the organizational side and participation side of a lot of similar events in the last couple of months we've had of this downtime. There is a big difference between a private event and something that is being broadcast live. There is something. This is something that is, as King pointed out briefly earlier, and was something that Arab had to point out. Um, the the quite famous uh, F1 slash sim racing YouTuber who's t- who's been in the organizational side of this game for Veloce on numerous occasions, as well as the participation side of it, taking part in many a race series and tournaments. Um, with some very, very big names involved. F1, IndyCar, you know, formative... Including Lando Including Norris. Lando himself. Yes. Lando was one of the first guys on this wagon when we when we got started a couple of months back, if not the very first um, of the, what we now know is a, a whole bunch of people streaming and, and taking part in events left, right, and center. This, there is a difference between an esports event and a casual stream. This was not a casual stream. This was a this everything about this series from day one in the IndyCar iRacing Challenge was meant to replicate a real life event from the graphic presentations to the use of the commentary team that we know from NBC to the liveries to the sponsors to the fact that most of the drivers were wearing their race suits because they're not going to get a chance to advertise their sponsors in very many platforms until we get racing for real this was trying to utilize iRacing to replicate the actual series as close as possible within the realms of the game to the point where we even had like again, like 
at home or on location versions of the national anthem and drivers starting their engines. This was as mm-hmm. as authentic an IndyCar event as you could possibly have just on an iRacing platform. Every other major... And it's been awesome. And and as as RJ mentioned, it's genuine. I've mentioned it on two written pieces I've put on the website, motorsport101.com, about this. Of all the eSports series productions and of all the major events that have been put on in the last couple of months, I think IndyCar and, and V8 supercars in Australia have been the two best by a country mile. Um, and IndyCars has genuinely been fantastic for, for several reasons. Most of the roster have taken part, if not all of them, at least at some events. They've had excellent participation from outside guests like Dale Earnhardt Jr., like Kyle Busch, like Lando Norris. They've had great and genuinely interesting guests they've had alongside the vast majority of the regular roster that have taken part, like I said, McLaughlin, Dale, etc. They've been excellent. The racing has been excellent. The variety of tracks being used has been excellent. I mean, I can't complain about any of what this series has put together. I think it's genuinely been fantastic. And it's a real shame that it's gotten to the point where the season finale and the last event and the closing notes for... It, it did it undid all that yeah, good work it undid, a, it undid a lot of the good work where now this entire series will now most likely be for remembered for two very avoidable incidents two two incidents that had no reason to happen right as i said regardless of whether he's mad or not regardless of whether lando was causing incidents simon pagino is a grown-ass man and he can make his own decision to not do dumb shit right and I think the thing that makes it worse is that Santino, we know he's done this in real life in F two. Yeah, he's done this in Formula Two. Simon yeah. Pagano has been clean almost to a fault. We're almost yelling through the TV for him to be more aggressive. Right. It's it's so out of character, and it just shows that regardless of this being a professional and serious event, that people weren't taking it seriously. The people that were taking it most seriously were us, the observers at home, who were here just, you know, popping off with their own mostly measured, some very irrational opinions of what happened. Yeah, and you had, it it was a spread where some people had full-blown simulator programs going with full engineers, read Lando Norris, to prepare for this, and then other people were just kind of dicking around. Yeah, you, you, it's weird where... They're highly serious about some aspects, but completely casual about others. Where Simon, on one hand, he he took this event so seriously that when when he when there was no chance for him to win due to you know someone else someone else's you know actions, he decided, hey, I'm going to take someone out. Like again, he was that competitive about this. Every and let's not forget, yeah. Simon had won two of these events prior. Yeah, he won the two of the oval events. Yeah, he, yeah, he and he and Scotty, I think, are tied for most wins in this miniature yeah, series. Him and Scott both had two, two apiece. Blood, sweat, tears, <sighs> Penske. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where we're at now. We've, it, this incident happened four days ago now, and we're still kind. Of- and we still had no state. We've had. We know Lando basically nonchalantly during a COD stream said, guys, don't give him shit, which didn't stop them. We know that 
they've apologized to each other for their own respective mm. incidents. Right. Which they should. There's and there's the no fan- bad blood, no matter how much uh, whatever racing publication wants to stir well, this up. Well, and Lando came out with a statement thinking that they had it out. He thinks that people had it out for him before the crash actually happened. And it's like, yeah, not because you're an outsider, but because you were wiping people out all week due to netcode without yeah. so much as an apology. And Just- you contrast it with Scotty McLaughlin... Who, when he takes someone out with netcode, he's like, I'm so sorry. He makes it a point to apologize when he takes someone out for netcode, and he races people differently because he knows his internet isn't up to scratch. Though, I, 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 I definitely wouldn't say they had it out for Lando, but his non-apologetic attitude really plays into the stereotype that a lot of IndyCar drivers have for Formula One drivers. Exactly. I made made this point in my written piece I put up on the site, that it may not necessarily apply in this specific case, but given the recent history of Formula One drivers making dabbling comments like Lewis Hamilton did, and obviously full-blown participation in the series itself... Like Marcus Erickson, uh, like Fernando Alonso. McLaren's like McLaren. 2019 was emblematic of that mentality where, like, oh, it's just left turns. This should be easy. And then they failed to make the show with way more resources than the little 40-person team who bumped them out. Yeah. What is metric conversion again? <laughs> oh my, don't remind me. We might have another mental breakdown. The point is, is that IndyCar has always had a somewhat inferiority complex regarding Formula One because mm-hmm. the moment Lewis Hamilton made... Well, it goes both ways. Like, like, F1 has had a superiority complex and IndyCar has had the inferiority of, of complex. Of course, I remember I remember like three years ago when Alonso first took part. Alonso qualified and made the fast nine in his first attempt at the 500. Lewis Hamilton, which to be fair, I think his comments were largely taken out of context when he was... I think he was more in praise of Fernando than he was dissing IndyCar's paddock. Cause for that, yeah. He was definitely taken out of context. Well, he said that yep. hmm, if, if he can go there and qualify in the top six first time out, what does that say about the drivers in IndyCar? I think was his quote, which is... I'll have, I'll have to do some deeper digging he's on that. But, but I, very easy. To, he didn't make it's it hard easy to, to take, take yeah, that it, yeah, yeah, it's just, very easy just, to flip that around and think, say hmm, it was, I was like, he's shitting on the series. I was like, let's just say it's a red rag to a bull because it goes into that stereotype we've just mentioned. I don't think Hamilton was doing that to insult anybody because Hamilton, I think, has always spoken very highly of Fernando even after their 2007 season together. Lewis has always mm. been very complimentary of Fernando as a driver. But, of course, guys like Graham Rahal and James Hinchcliffe immediately got defensive and took the piss out of Hamilton, saying, well, how hard it must be for you when you've only got one other car to compete against all weekend, etc., etc. Like, yeah. the, cult- and the culture of the way, the way those yeah. two series treat each other doesn't help in this context either, because it's, it's, another, it's yeah. another notch in the bedpost for him. The, what I'll say about that, and this... This applies to every series that can be considered the pinnacle of its type of racing. IndyCar yes, that open- means you, Sale GP. Yes, that means yeah. you. <laughs> See you in 2021. With NASCAR, with sports car racing, with IndyCar, and with Formula One. You do not get to the top level of a series by being a bad driver. You don't. No. 
And I, I really Talent, think Lando regardless La- Lando proved yeah. that Lando proved that last weekend in an environment more familiar to him where netcode is a lot less of an issue, where he spun out his car at the Circuit of the Americas and still won the iRacing IndyCar event. Well again, a lot of that also has to do with the fact that he is probably the best iRacing driver on the planet because he's been playing the game since he was a kid. On road courses. On oh, road yeah. courses. <laughs> yeah. But Talent, regardless of car, talent will shine through. It will. And the new narrative that Simon Pagano is a bad driver because he was up. because he was bad in Formula Renault 2.0, <laughs> and not even like that bad. He was second in the championship to uh, yeah, to I'm, Scott Speed. Who, regardless, sh- Scott Speed, <laughs> if, and for anything, for everything about Scott Speed wasn't slow. It, oh yeah, he won like half the races that season. He was incredible. Brutal, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was fast. Oh my God. Just his his attitude was yikes. But, and by the way, if I may, that season where Simon Pagano was second at Scott Speed, who was eighth in the championship that year, won Pastor Maldonado. Yeah, who yeah. um made it to Formula One. He yeah, won a race. and won a race. It won and a race for everything you can say about Pastor Maldonado. He was not a slow driver. He was just, definitely not he, he was slow. Just a reckless yeah, if Formula Renault 2.0 performances are the be all and end all, Christ, what 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 about Alexander Albon being cut from Red Bull after one year of that, and now he's with their primary F1 team? Drivers, drivers are not their past. Yes, and people shouldn't be digging them out to tr- as a stick to beat them with because they screwed up in a virtual race. It's 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 toxic. It's 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 done to basically you know to fuel the fact like, like, like to, it's to fuel the fire of hate like you, this is an incident that nobody gave a shit about and but until a couple of guys remembered an incident in his actual real life racing career and then brought it up to mock him to make to pretend to the uneducated fan that he's stupid as a driver when he's one of the very best pound for pound drivers on the planet today like by any measure oh, and also Trey. Also, Dre, we should mention that uh, that that season in in Formula Renault uh, 2.0 that that was uh, actually what season was that? Looking back, that welcome to our look- Formula Renault 2.0 podcast. <laughs> Just what the fans have been asking for. <laughs> that was that was the 2004 Formula Renault That's 2.0. Ago. <laughs> drivers are not their junior career. Drivers are not their past, and drivers can improve with time. Just look at Brendan Hartley. Look at Just look, look at, at Carlos insert, Sainz Jr. Look at insert driver here. Seriously, I can't. I can't list all of the fucking all of the examples. Just because yeah. someone took a different career path, and shit, it's worked out for him. Series champion, yeah. Indy five hundred, doesn't make them a bad driver. Hell, you know what, Nick Tandy, who has been ridiculous in GTs and LMPs, you know what his pinnacle of motorsport is and his dream car, NASCAR stock car racing. Yeah, <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is the exception that proves the rule. Not everybody is going to have the archetypical top flight junior single seater junior formula career. Sometimes things just don't work out. Stoffel Van Dorn had that junior career, and he happened to go into McLaren at the worst possible time. Exactly. <sighs> it's not black and white. Now, again, I'm the biggest Pagano fan you'll ever meet, except for maybe Robbie Noonan. 
met him. Met, met him at PLM. Super <clears throat> chill dude. This was a very unnecessary, stupid move mm-hmm. that makes him and the series look bad. Does it mean that he's a bad driver? No. Does it mean that he should probably... It, it, well, he should damn well issue a statement. So should Lando. Yeah. To and so should Penske. Publicly. So should so McLaren. Should so should the series, for that matter. Yes. And you're right. I was about to get to this point. Simon is not a bad driver. Simon and Lando are not bad people. But there has been like this ongoing effort to assassinate the character of these people when... You look up and down the landscape of sim racing, and I can tell you off the top of my head, at least a hand, a small handful of people who are legitimately vile people that should never be given a platform in the world of sim racing. Mm-hmm. People who are espousing dangerous alt-right opinions yet still work for slightly mad studios as a QA analyst and have drives and super late models. People who have made disparaging racist statements to other people to put in their YouTube videos trying to suck up to establish sim racing videos so that he can get them to some of that clout and rehabilitate his image. But that's besides the point. But that is my point is what I'm saying is that there are a lot worse people that can be involved in this sport. And Simon Paginode, who just had a legitimate hated gamer moment in the classical sense. Another one. God, I thought two in two weeks. Racing drivers, can you please just give it a rest? Like, I don't want to keep recording extra pieces of audio segments if we can avoid it. Like, can we please... To be fair, I think... I think taking someone out in a televised iRacing event is not quite as bad as launching an actual race. I sport. know. I'm not stupid, Cameron. But, <laughs> but still. And yes. Yeah. Um, regarding RJ's statement, Nazis are bad, okay? I do have one humorous story if you would like to uh, have Go a bit ahead. of an uptick for the end here. So, <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, I ran in the David Land sanctioned Pocono iRace, as did King uh, recently, where we ran <laughs> Lotus 79 cars against USAC Sprint cars at Pocono, similar to what they did in 1981. Now, and during this race, I was three laps down, coming to get the white flag. Immediately behind me was 2019 USF 2000 champion Braden Eves. He was leading the race, and I was about to win. Unfortunately, my car lost traction, spun, hit the wall, and Braden went to the shadow realm, flipping down the main straightaway at Pocono, and he lost the race. I messaged him on Facebook about a couple of hours afterwards, apologized for it, and you know what he said? It's all good. I I knew that wasn't on purpose. Because we were on Discord earlier, you know, talking about the whole situation. Face it, you have to, and if you make a mistake also, own it. And that's what I did, and everything turned out all right. Yeah, like that that same race, I was racing wheel-to-wheel with David Land. Uh, He was trying to pass me on the inside around turn one. He washed up the track, took me out, and my day was done. And he immediately apologized. Uh, Dre, and put a bow on this for us. <sighs> I, I, I will do my, the very best I can, and like all I will say more than anything else is that it's it's disappointing to see what has been a genuinely fantastic series tainted by two boneheaded. But we didn't actually touch on Santino's incident that much. Yeah. I mean, because it was really clear-cut. Yeah. There is yeah. not much to say yeah, on that, you know. Like, and, and, especially, and given his shitty reputation... Well, and... Like, like, honestly... Well, and he, his, his fucking... His, his radio, after the fact, to ask you, when asked you, just like, what was that, Santino? 
Yeah, look, I don't... But, look, but it was for the fans. Look, I, I don't even need to get in... I, I'm not going to get into Santino's incidents on one, I'm going to wrap this up anyway, and two, it was clear as fucking day what he did. His reputation precedes him, and the less of him I see in, in any form of motorsport, the better it is for everybody involved, as far as I'm concerned. Um... As I mentioned earlier, it is a darn shame that a brilliant series has been tainted by two reckless, boneheaded incidents that basically go against everything good that a lot of these series have produced in the last couple of months. And as Tiff Nadell, and I can't believe I'm agreeing with old man Tiff. Um, um, <laughs> the ultimate anorak. The ultimate <laughs> anorak about this. But as he mentioned to Chris Harris on, on Twitter, because unfortunately the more I see of Chris Harris on Twitter, the more I realize that he is equally boneheaded when it comes to some of his takes on motorsport and cars in general. Um, this is all we've got right now, and we have to make the most of what we've got. And IndyCar had a brilliant and unique opportunity to promote themselves and cross-promote themselves with a very talented and very likable F1 driver, um, a, a very talented and likable NASCAR driver in the past, and Kyle Busch. Um, <laughs> the point remains is that <laughs> These opportunities don't come along very often, and these series need to fully maximise the, the limited opportunities we've got. Because hey, we're sitting to you now in the start in the first week of May. There's no guarantee we're still going to have an IndyCar race in a month's time, like we're scheduled to do in Texas. I mean, the way the- yeah, this might be the last memory we have of IndyCar for a good while. Precisely. So we have to take. We have to take stock of these incidents when they happen and be grateful for when they do appear. And it's very disappointing that something so easily avoidable and something that could have that something that did not need to happen and and I'd argue ruined a brilliant, brilliant event is a damn shame. And everybody involved could have done better, particularly Simon and, and Santino. And it's a real, especially from Simon, because look. Honestly, with his reputation, I expect Santino to be an arsehole about these things because the man's just an unrepentant dick. Simon Pagano is is a classy, brilliant mascot for IndyCar 99.9% of the time. And it's the 0.1 that can often do so much more damage than, than the other 99% that comes before it. And it's a real shame. And... I just I was say Penske Penske put out a tweet because they've been going through some of the things they've achieved in the past year. They had to delete their tweet about Simon winning the 500. Yeah. Because the comments were just vitriol. And yeah, it's going to be a while before this goes away. It's a, it's unfortunate that Simon hasn't really addressed this on a larger scale, but I can also understand why, given it is a cesspool on Twitter right now. and G- g- Given that he has been receiving actual death threats via DM, which again, this- regardless of whether it's a professional event, it is a video game. Why are you threatening people's lives? Because they can do it on the internet without consequence. We know this, like for, for the most part. It is some and that's just how it's going jive. to be. And the heat will the heat will die down from this. We will move on from this because we're on the internet. These things do move along very, very quickly. There's 
there was already a murmur of Carl Larson potentially returning. Obviously, that won't happen, but again, it's not really in there. Oh no, he's returning to the world of outlaws. Like, yeah, that's they're guaranteed. They're going to have an event real soon, and he's been confirmed that he'll be racing. Added side it. note: Fuck that shit. Anyway, um, <laughs> just, that's what Look, both sides both sides needs to need to come out. Both the, the both teams, Penske and McLaren, yeah. both drivers, Simon and Lando, put out a statement, clear the air, and if the fans want to keep stirring the pot, that's and on them. Launching pure vitriol, yeah. Block yeah. Block them, yeah. it's on them, and take responsibility for your fan base and say, that is not what I'm, uh, both Simon and Lando, because both sides have been kind of slinging shit. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, take take some responsibility and say, that's not what I'm about. Indeed. Knock it the fuck off. Indeed. And as we just cross over the hour mark talking about this, I just want to say, it's disappointing, but hopefully the series will get back on its feet when these cars drive for real hopefully in the near future and hopefully in as safe an environment as possible which unfortunately in America there is no guarantee on that unfortunately hear about that and on that note via the power of editing and audio transition back to the original recording of this show thanks for listening Herb Abrams died doing what he loved cocaine and hookers (laughs) is that a murder hornet I hear now Oh, yes, I remember Murder Hornets. They sponsored Jordan in the late 90s. <laughs> there is no front cover. That is still in the works. Oh, my mic just dropped off the stand there. <laughs> Folks, this book is so hot, it's forcing Dre's mic off its stand. <laughs> um, didn't, didn't see that one coming. Um, hang on, just gonna... Just gonna... Hotter than that comment was... sections after the... There we go, fixed it. Um, The news involving the top story of Charles Leclerc in a banana costume. This is very important. Strange times. This is very important. Charles Leclerc has jumped into that Twitch lifestyle. (laughs) So does that mean he has an OnlyFans account now? (laughs) Oh my Mm -hmm. lord. (laughs) Uh, honestly, that, that that's staying in, by the way. I'm about I'm about to pull a nameless one and just walk out <laughs> and ghost you all for four days. <laughs> oh no, we've got to call Kraken back. Oh no! Oh god, no! Okay, an intro will not be required on this one. So it's, I, it's, I, I should just point one. out, Dre, your internet's seeming a bit iffy at the moment. Mm-hmm. Is it a bit if yeah I mean yeah Massive the robot. connections at one yeah point. like yeah. almost about three milliseconds of lag worth maybe enough to where maybe a three wide move isn't advisable. <laughs> oh god! Hey, am I? Are there any Frenchmen in here to and, piss off to the point of murder? Oh, uh, and that's our post-credit sequence. <laughs>